podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Pop culture, spring game, uniforms, Alec Manoa and WVU baseball, Tiger Woods, Beetle to Bama, and Game of Thrones. All this week on the Rasp Voice Kids. Holla at your boys. Game of Thrones, the biggest thing on TV. Everybody's so excited. Everybody's talking about it. And you know what's interesting, Jay? What? People talk about it whether they've seen it or not. In fact, it feels like the people who don't watch it speak the loudest. Now, I am Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate it. I'm joined by... JNP. And I personally have never seen a moment of Game of Thrones. But I personally do not feel the need to tell everybody about it on Twitter. I'm telling you about it now because it's pop culture and I'm responsible for talking. It's funny how many people come out their face and say, I haven't watched it. I haven't seen it. Like they need a, an award or a title. Here's the thing. It's big and I get it. Big things make news, make Twitter and everybody wants to talk about it. If you don't like Game of Thrones, if you have never watched Game of Thrones, good for you. I mean, like, I don't know. Do you want to, you want a sticker? You want a, uh, you want a smiley face? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know what people want. I think what people want more than anything is camaraderie. Like, they want to find somebody else who's like them because they feel left out. It's the old left out. Nobody likes to be left out. Nobody likes to be left behind. And if you're a person not watching Game of Thrones, you might be inclined to feel left behind um, or left out. Because because the truth is it's so huge that it's a movement. It's a movement, and everybody's going to watch it. It's almost, dare I say, not quite. Jen, don't get mad at me. Jen will. Holla at her. I mean, shout out to her. Uh, it's not quite Lion King, but it is a big, big, big deal this year. Yeah, and of course, movies aren't the same. Well, single movies are not the same as like television series. For example, like we're talking about Game of Thrones because it comes on every single week. And it comes on as a series. So people are waiting to see what happens at the end. Whereas Lion King or Toy Story or any other movie for that matter, you already know the end. You already know what happens in the movie. You already know who does what? Uh, there's no need to worry about what's coming next because you've already you've already seen it. It's a series that makes it a movement. That's why I've always felt the way I do about Lion King. There's one Lion King. There's no anticipation for what's coming in the future. Star Wars, yes. Star Trek, yes. Avengers, yes. Um, Batman, Superman, all that kind of stuff. There's yeah, but you have you have you seen it live though? But there's yeah, some anticipation all, yes, to see it, it live. I have seen it live. I have. I'm saying the live. real th- deal coming. Oh, what, they got lines trained to act? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. CGI. You don't know. Maybe Mufasa survives so this I'm saying, one. So all I'm saying is that's why people feel the way they do about Game of Thrones. So I get it. And I've been that way. I was that way with Downton Abbey. I was that way with uh, Sherlock. No, preach. I was that way with The West Wing. Now, I was behind on The West Wing. I didn't see it two years later. But when I did watch it, I devoured it voraciously. I love that. And I get why people feel the way they do because you get emotionally attached. So if you're emotionally attached to these people, I hear these people talking about Tyrion Lannister. I've never seen a moment of the show, and I know about Tyrion Lannister. I know about Jon Snow. Uh, you know, I know. I mean, I don't know about them, but I know their names. That's yeah. how big this is. Like I said, I literally I mean, not watched had it. I seen the show, I would say uh, Jon Snow overrated Tyrion Lannister. Straight up truth. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's a yeah, lot of details. 
There's a lot of details that go into it. It's a whirlwind. Um, the moment you think that a character is like the main character, like in the first season, the main person, uh, so I hear, uh, is somebody that you think, and he dies in the end of the first season. You're like, where does it go from here? And it continues to evolve well, I mean, and, and grasp. Like I saw somebody talking about dragons. The dragons don't show up till near the end. Like you don't know if they're real or by, fake. By somebody you mean Kim Webster? Yeah, I saw Kim. Sorry, sorry, sorry Kim. But Kimmy, we got to talk Kimmy, about Kimmy. Kimmy. Kim felt like she had to tell people. She had to tell them. She does not care about it. And then she said, "No shade, but." The moment somebody says no shade, but now first of all, it's not shade. We can get into the definition of shade. Maybe one day we can do a pop culture. But did we talk? No, when, Wait, when, real quick. Can we do one day a pop culture on what shade is and what it's not? Let's do that. And let's also talk about how also wasn't when Kim Webster on. Didn't she say she hadn't seen The Godfather or Scarface or something like that? She hadn't seen Lion King or Toy Story. See, that's what I'm saying. So you're not seeing Game of Thrones. So, but I could see her being in her line of work, not seeing a lot of things. Yeah. But then she started talking about how many awards had the the show gotten. And we all know that awards are um, political. They're 100% political. Um, Not 100. Sorry. Sorry. They're not 100% political, but they are are often largely impacted by politics. So you can't go just on awards because otherwise Michael Scott is worthless seeing as... um, Oh, what's the name? The Office? Yeah, what's the name? Uh, Dwight Schrute? No, the guy who played Michael Scott. Uh, oh, his real name. Yeah. Steve Carell. Steve Carell never won Best Actor. He never won Best Actor for that role. Which is weird. Which, which is, is crazy. There's no way in the world. Now, The Office won. really, like a lot of people will tell you, it didn't take off until it was online. Um, that's where it took off. But it's just funny how things like that turn into cult classics. You can't necessarily look at a role. So all I'm saying is when something has as much hype as Game of Thrones, it's got to be legit as far as as far as talent. And storyline. As far as storyline, as, as, story story as, yep. as far as how well it's written, how well it's done. It's like Alabama. You win a title, okay. You win two, maybe. You win decades worth of titles. Uh, complete histories of other teams' worth of titles. You're legit. Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, they're legit. There's a reason why people hype them the way they do. The reason why people hype Ohio State the way they do. There's a reason why. And the same thing with Game of Thrones. Same thing with Harry Potter. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. Same thing with all these major cult classic, these movements where people love them so much. It's not a coincidence. Um, And like I said, even though I'm not a part of it, and I never have been, I respect because game recognized game. Right, baby. Big shout to Shrinkables. Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. We love our man Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Jim Ashley. We thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show. We love having you on. Can't wait till you're here again. The Spring Game, the annual gold-blue game, the game that I have never cared about until this season. Was it what we expected? Was it all that we anticipated? Well, Jeremy, I got to tell you, I wrote a little piece on it. We didn't put it out yet, but I'm going to put it out. But I'm going to tell you about how I felt about it. What were your thoughts on the Spring Game, if I may ask myself? My favorite thing is the excitement. That's what we wanted. You know, with teams, maybe they look good, maybe they don't. It's early, it's a new system, new coaching staff. For me, the same enthusiasm that I've been seeing online is what I saw in the stadium. Now, I wasn't there. I was able to view it um, other places online and whatnot. And you can see the excitement. Granted, we didn't break records with the crowd, but there was a big crowd there. Rasheed Marshall comes out in the new jersey. 
Um, I just saw excitement, and that's what I wanted to see. Excitement, that was part of it. I also wanted to see what our team looked, you know, and this is the springtime. It's early. It's early. And I saw some good things, and I saw some things that made me feel like, you know, uh, I won't say Debbie Downer, but... Um, they just left you wanting. It, it left me wanting. That's, that, that's a good way to put it. Made me feel like I saw a lot of things where I felt like this year is going to be exactly like next year. Where we're going to be able to throw the ball, especially when when uh, Sims comes back. Little foo foo. Uh, Sam James. Sam James. That's the name I'm looking for. Devontae Haskins didn't get a whole lot in there. No, but he was open a lot. He was open a lot. We we and I feel like our quarterback and I think it'll be off the kettle. We'll put it together. My same question. The reason why I say I'll be saying this last year is because our defense will be solid. What is going on with the running game? What is going on with the offensive line? So hopefully you guys uh, heard that Jeremy's mic was on mute. But yeah, my bad. It was. Good it was. Um, I felt a lot about the a lot of the ways you did. I predicted that we would break the record. I thought for sure we were going to break the record. I thought with so you combine a new coaching staff, new uniforms, um, quarterback battle, and a battle for the running back position. A brand new defense. I really thought we'd break the record. The weather was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Brand new Mountaineer. The first Mountaineer man man trip with Neil Brown. And we finished third for attendance in the history of WVU football. And Herd Hater himself asked, in his 60 years of life, he had he said, Have you had he or anybody else and seen a more anticipated gold blue game ever? And my answer is no. Not, not for me. Not even close. I can't imagine a time when it was more anticipated, and yet we didn't even break twenty thousand. Now, I, I was just about I to. Just, I, I almost had the nerve to say, "Well, then again, how many? How many did we have last year? Because you know, Will Greer coming back yeah, as a senior. Yeah. I mean, oh, never mind. We never had mind. the zero last year. <laughs> yeah, but never mind. It's because we didn't have a spring game. Now there were things like seeing North Carolina having less than two thousand at their spring game that made me feel better. Now, I think some weather was involved with that, but still, less than 2,000, that's pretty bad. We had no excuses. And if people tell me it's the distance, if people tell me it was the $10 per ticket, if you tell me anything you want to tell me, I'll say, okay, I'm not upset. I understand. Because we all have barriers. But if that's a barrier to us getting to the spring game, the money, the distance, the, the ability for, for fans to support are all barriers for Neil Brown to win a national championship. For Neil Brown to get kids in state to come to this university. Because when you show up um, to Alabama, to Ohio State, to even Tennessee, which didn't, which is under construction, and you see the numbers they put up, we pale in comparison. You know what? Here's where I should have done my homework a little better. Which for me, which for me, by the way, paling in comparison is okay because those programs are so much bigger as far as like the fact that they have hundred thousand plus stadiums, there's a reason we only have sixty thousand. I would love to see, and this is this is where I say I needed. I, I probably should have done more homework. It just hit me now. I would love to see where Clemson was, because I feel like Clemson is comparable back before they were winning national championships. Before they had Dabo, they are not comparable now. Before, um, with the Woody Dantzler era, I feel like back then they were comparable to West Virginia. I want to see where their spring games were when Dabo first came, and see how it compares uh, to where they are now. I'm just throwing that out there. Because we see where Clemson is now. Now we we see them continue to rise up and continue to win. And I'm sure I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm sure their spring games are packed now. They're not, they're the national champions. They're, they're what two of the last four. So, but what point are you making? I'm saying third. Um, 
highest total ever for the first year of Neil Brown may be good if you look at some of these other coaches. Well, I'll give you a crap team that historically we don't compare it to, but we certainly do in the modern era. Who? Nebraska. 86,000. Why does that matter? Nebraska seems every single year. Alabama. Hold up. But no, no, but that's my point. Alabama, 62,000. Ohio State, 61,000. Penn State, 61,000. Clemson, 60,000. Tennessee, under construction. But Tennessee, with a stadium but, under construction, but, but here, 51,000. But, 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 but here's the thing. They annually bring in more average attendance anyway. That's the reason why I said Clemson, because I feel like they compared to us. That's what I want to see. But Back in Dabo's hear- first few years, what was their spring game attendance? Yeah. I mean, you're you're right, but I can't imagine they're getting forty thousand more. You think so? I don't, Brandon. I don't know if West Virginia just came off a national championship game. Mm. I think the barriers that exist still exist because there's Jeremy. It's hard to have more excitement than we have right now for Neil Brown. You yourself said the other thing you is all the excitement you saw. And here's the other thing. Here's most important, real quick though. The bottom of the list thus far. Guess who it is? Pitt, eight thousand. <laughs> of course, yeah. So uh, New Jersey's and everything. Pitt new, will never change. New uniforms. Pitt will never uniforms. change. What's his name? Uh, uh, Aaron Donald just donated seven figures to their program, and it, they still get eight thousand. It doesn't matter. They're a stepping stone. They'll somebody always said, be a stepping stone. Part? Somebody said, "What's the best part about Pitt's new uniforms?" And uh, somebody on Twitter responded that only hundreds in attendance will see them every Saturday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> amen. At best. So I'm not like I'm not mad about the attendance. Like I'm not here scolding fans. I'm not. I'm just saying I think this is these are the kinds of things that we need to pay attention to. We need to look at and be realistic about who and what we are. Until until we change it, this is who we are. We're middle of the pack. Did the spring game change your perspective on our season outcome? Nope. Nope. I went in thinking that we'd win six to eight. I left thinking we'd win six to eight. Okay. The well, offensive line's not set yet because due to injuries, shuffling things around, trying to figure things out. Um, so it's not gonna be as good as it's gonna be. I don't think it's ever gonna be great. But it could be significantly better than what we saw in the spring game. Marcus Sims is still being held out precautionarily. His father says he's 100% ready to go. He had an MRI approximately two weeks ago on his hamstring. And is supposed to have one again soon just to make sure he's safe, good to go. Because last year he got hurt against Baylor and never got, 100, never got back healthy and probably should have rested then. Um, so that'll be a huge difference because that changes the whole complexion. The other thing you have to remember is the quarterback battle is hard to gauge because Jack Allison wasn't playing with the number one receivers, and neither was Trey Lowe. Austin Kendall was. And Sam James is a number one receiver. Redshirt freshman. Straight up truth. Lightning. Straight up truth. But it's not just speed. It's his ability to adjust to the ball. Wearing number eight. And we heard like this all. And we, and, we, and we heard this from Tyron Carrier last year. That's what he yeah, said. Tyron Carrier said. He said of all the receivers he had, the only one who had that dog in him, that fights you every single moment of every single play, whether it matters or not, it matters to him, was Sam James. That's what he told me. Um, and he also told me Marcus Sims was the best receiver on the team last year. So if he comes back, like I said, Lil so Fufu, and you got some of the other receivers I'll, coming in. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, TJ Simmons, to me, is not a number one receiver. No, 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 I agree. I agree 1,000%. But they're playing him inside out just like they did David Sills. And, and that would be great. Mike Casaza said, so that makes him versatile. And he's definitely a starting receiver. Yeah. He's a capable yeah. receiver. He's maybe even an NFL receiver. He's just not a number one guy to me. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, so... Yeah, so we'll see. So for me, like my, my, I honestly say the spring game did affect, and I granted the spring game is early, but I went from an eight and four season to a seven and five. So that's my official prediction now. Well, my my prediction is always twelve and zero. But if I was going to fifteen and zero, fifteen and zero. I mean, even Herd Hater said he thinks we're going to get. He's, <laughs> he expects seven wins, but he wants fifteen and zero. 
Well, of course, I want fifteen. I, I think we're gonna picture. be seven to five. I want I want a Cinderella. But you got one thing that RC brought out to me. Shout out to RC if y'all remember RC in the early days. RC brought out we have five road Big Twelve games. We go to Missouri and play against Kelly Bryant. We have North Carolina State. We get them at home, but that shouldn't be that much of an issue. But we'll see. I'm still sticking to six is our is our is our basement. Eight is our ceiling. That's my belief. So I, I think everybody's feeling about the same. Yeah. And we're always ready for the uh, surprise. So if y'all want a surprise, let's go ahead. Go ahead and win 10, 12, 15 games. Rat me, boys! We want to give a big, loud shout and proud applause to sports fans. Mr. Chad Rogers doing big things down there in Taze Valley. If you get a chance, go check him out. He's got your gear, he's got your autographs, and he's got the events. Chad Rogers and sports fans of West Virginia. The Raspberry Voice Kids are brought to you in part by the Pizza Place in Morgantown. They have the official pepperoni roll of the Raspy Voice Kids. They are located at 3011 North Point Plaza in Morgantown, West Virginia. If you are in town near the mile ground, you got to get to the pizza place. It is the greatest pizza you will ever taste. I don't care what anybody says. Shout out to our boys, Mike and Luca. All right, the much-anticipated spring game has come and gone. We gave our feelings about that. But now the mo- most anticipated thing that happened during the spring game, the jerseys. Uniform time. Different uniform combinations. UniWatch 2019. What did you think? This is J.M. Fiend, also with I Also Hate Pit. What up? What did you think about this uh, unveiling? It finally came. It's here. I like the uniforms. I didn't hate our old uniforms. I thought they needed slight tweaks. And that's what we got. Slight tweaks. Bingo. And I liked it. I got what I wanted too. I wanted to go back to that mid 90s gold pants, white top. We did it. I was excited about that personally. That reminds me of the John Thornton, Gary Stills, Amos Zerway, Mark Boulder, David Saunders days, Anthony Beck days. Uh, we got that. The gray uniforms, I thought they hit a home run with. The re- Absolutely. The reason, I, the reason is the, let, the the way they did the numbers yep. and the letters. Yep. Blue letters and numbers with gold trim. And it popped. It made it, it, made it, it like, it I'm not saying blingy, but it made something like, you know, special, up to date, without really doing much. Little things. I think way better than the old gray uniform. That's, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's little things. Tiny, I love, tiny things. one thing that you may have not really paid a lot of attention to is on every pair of pants, there's a huge flying WV. On the thigh. On the thigh. It's a little thing, but I like the little things. I and, like uh, the details. And not, to, and not to say I called it, but I called it. I was on WV Nation uh, between the ears, and they asked me, what did I think that the jerseys were going to look like? And I said, I feel like they're going to be very, very traditional. And I can guarantee you one thing, there's going to be no black on them. And that's exa- essentially what they did. They essentially just pulled off the black off the uh, the, the end sleeve caps yep. on their shoulders, went back to one solid color. Um, and then, like you said, they introduced the gray jerseys, which I thought were so dope. And I, I said it during the, my, the article I wrote for the RVK blog. Yeah. Check it out. The blue numbers with the gold highlights, that's what set it off. What do you like better? The Rasheed Marshall uh, gray jersey top, blue pants, 
or the Carl Joseph. It's so Walker. close. It's so close. Usually I am a for me. Usually I'm an all color. Like I like the all whites. We used to call them the stormtroopers um, or the white out jerseys. Uh, I used to like the all blues. So for me, I would think I would like all the all grays. But there's something about that Rasheed Marshall jersey, man. Well, the thing I liked about it is he wore the all blue socks with it and the yeah, blue shoes. He made it work. So it depends on what they do with them. Um, they say there's still a, a, a helmet left to unveil. They haven't unveiled, which is interesting. Very interesting. It's also interesting because if you look at the official color palette, which is available publicly online, anthracite is listed. Now, anthracite, for those of you who are not aware, is a type of coal. Anthracite is black. Anthracite was not seen on any of the uniforms that were unveiled at the spring game. Interesting. And I was told by someone I trust that someone in the athletic department confirmed that we do, in fact, have black uniforms coming this year. Whoa. Can you imagine? Now, do I know that for a fact? No. So if you say, if you, you know, try to say, oh, the Rice Voice kids say they have a source. I do have a source. That is what they told me. Are they right? We go fin to find out. We we fin to find out. We got twelve games, so we gonna find out. But anthracite is listed as official as part of the official color palette. The next thing, Jay. What's funny is you sent me that. You text me that, and I didn't even think about that. It's part of the official color palette. Yet none of you sent that to me, and I didn't even read into that. I just thought there's "Hmm." nothing to read into. There is no anthracite on any of the uniforms. That they unveiled. And he keeps saying anthracite. Let's just call it black for now so everybody's on the same page. Well, in case somebody wants to argue and say, well, we're not black, we're anthracite. I mean, because you know how people are. That's what the color palette those says. People. That's what those, the, those people. Those people. That's what the color people. palette says. It says anthracite. <laughs> um, next, Shane Lyons has been saying that he wanted all the uniforms to have the same numbering, lettering, and color combinations throughout all of the sports. So, for example, baseball used to have its own logo. They changed that a while back. And they should have. Rightfully so. How do you feel about all of the uniforms having that numbering, that lettering? Because um, I personally, I'll tell you my feelings while you're thinking about it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I personally feel like basketball uniforms are not the same as football uniforms. I, that's what I was thinking. I, that's the first thing I went I, to. Baseball is bas- uniforms are not the same as I don't feel like they're the same. I will say there's a more there's a lot more single digits in basketball and baseball, so maybe you'll be able to get away with it because you're not going to have these funky like number fifty fives or you know what yeah. I mean like maybe you'll yeah. have one or two. Yeah. So it may not be as bad to be able to pull it off because you have single digits. Yeah, maybe. I, like I said, I just it's interesting to me. I like the idea of consistent branding. Branding is very important. Um, it's part of what's helped build WVU into what it is. The flying WV being unveiled in 1980. I believe is what I believe is what many believe has propelled West Virginia from that combined with Don Neal and Major Harris from below average to above and beyond average and being recognizable throughout the nation, throughout the world. So uh, I'm curious to see how this works with this consistent branding as far as the color palette, as far as the numbering and the lettering goes. Um, and then the update to the WVU basketball uniforms. It'll be real interesting. So wait, and we'll get to see that. But give us your thoughts. What do you think about the uniforms? How do you feel? Rat me, boys! Want to give a big shout-out to Astor Auto, the leader in luxury automobiles and in service in the entire state of West Virginia. Jamie Spears, the man with the plan down there at Astor Auto of Charleston. When you get there, tell them the Raspy Voice Kids sent you. 
Astor Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. This is Major Harris, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Baseball time, baseball. Jay Fiend, you ready to talk about Alec Manoa and this baseball squad? Hey, look, they're on fire right now. They really are. Absolute fire. Three Big 12 series wins in a row. Didn't get the sweep against Texas Tech, but still won two out of three against the number 11 team in the country. Hashtag trust the process. Trust the process. Maisie has it going. He's got it going. He's built this program from nothing. Literally, even from Monongalia County Ballpark that did not exist when he got here. We're seeing the real growth. And the biggest sign, it seems, is that Alec Manoa is going to probably be the highest draft pick since Enoch. Their projections right now, according to Jake Lance, a.k.a. Nightstare, on Twitter, he said his source tells him that if there was a draft right now, Manoa would be in the top 15 taken. The dude the, is throwing like draft. a man, though. He really is. Have Throw, you watched him? Throwing. Chris Hall told me he was throwing 97 in the ninth the other night. That's crazy. He's, he's what they call an ace, absolute king of the hill, without question. I love it. And he's a down-to-earth dude, too. That's the other thing I like about it. Um, reminds me of the other guys that we have in the league right now. Jed Jerko comes to mind right away. Um, and uh, David Carpenter being another guy who playing major – well, not in the major leagues, but playing professional baseball, down-to-earth, down-to-earth, yeah, WVU baseball product. Real good dude. Real good dude, and Manoa seems to be the same way, and he throws gas. He leads the Big 12 with 80 strikeouts thus far, and now, of course, recording this on Tuesday. Um, five point, what is it? Let me see real quick. Let me make sure I got this right. I, I like to get my facts straight. So let me make sure I got this right. Don't want to do Manoa wrong. Manoa lends itself to another nickname I might like to call him. He is averaging 5.64 hits allowed per inning. Not ERA, hits allowed per inning. Per per nine innings? Per nine innings. I said per inning. Sorry, that's, sorry. That's sorry. pretty terrible. <laughs> per why, nine innings. Why are we talking about this? I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. And not only that, but WVU's winning games. They're not just winning games where they're blowing teams out. They're winning close games. Winning a game the other night, Inman getting the walk to walk off. That's exactly, especially against good competition. That's what it is. And the Mountaineer faithful are supporting them, breaking records, Two nights in a row breaking the record for Montgomery County Ballpark. I love it. I love the support they're getting. The Flying WV deserves, deserves support no matter where it is, no matter who it is, no matter what it is. And baseball has earned it. They've earned it. So shout to Randy Maisie. Shout to Alec Manoa. Shout to Kate Stroud, who's doing his thing too. He's only averaging 5.85 hits per nine innings, which is third. Um, shout to all the boys over there doing their thing. Uh, Brandon White also. I mean, those guys making big plays out in the outfield. So, I don't know. We just wanted to give him a quick shout-out. We don't talk about him enough, but really nobody does. So, shout to WVU Baseball. Holla at you. Rat me, boys! Oh, 
Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. It's all good, y'all. Anybody know where that's from? Uh, everybody. Okay. You know where? Yeah, Chris Rock song. Yep, Chris Rock. Song. Why are you serious? No, some people don't remember. No. Have been okay. It for well, so long well, now. maybe maybe some people don't know, but you know, I know. I love Chris Hall. He always says a Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. It's all good, y'all. I love it. Um, I didn't like that when it came out. Love it now. Um, was that twenty years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Old heads for real. Old heads. Ever ago. Tiger Woods, Jay. So, um, Tiger Woods won his fifteenth major, his fifth green jacket. That's after four back surgeries, four knee surgeries, a DUI, a public tail whipping from his wife that he was cheating on, all of his business out in the street. Yep. Relationships damaged beyond repair. We all saw it unfold in pers- in public. You should have seen it in color. And then <laughs> we saw it vivid color. And then Tiger does what so many said he couldn't do, even though it should be known Vegas had him as the favorite. I don't care. You know Tiger hopped out there like, it's Tiger Woods. Don't act like you don't know the name. <laughs> Tiger Woods. I look, huh? I can't even let you finish. I was so excited. I was so excited. You hear me? I look, thought I was going to cry. Brandon, Brandon. I think somebody showed uh, the notebook. That, like, I saw a meme. Yeah. It was like, like, women cry. They showed the notebook and said, men cry. Show Tiger Woods when it's 15th. And you know what's crazy about it is when we think about comebacks, like you think about Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux came back from cancer, right? Um, You think about uh, Monica Sellers came back from a stabbing from a fan running on the court stabbing um, Serena Williams is not quite the same but she was able to return to form and compete at a high level pregnant Tiger Woods everything Tiger Woods did everything that happened to him save for the surgeries was self-inflicted self-inflicted but I will say and terribly self-inflicted because Sarah Spain wrote a great article on ESPN about this and what she said was she was conflicted watching it she was conflicted watching it because she thought about all of the people that were hurt by the things that Tiger Woods did. She felt for Tiger Woods' ex-wife, Ela Norgren, who has to watch the world celebrate him in a way. While she's still not in jail for beating him, but go ahead. <laughs> so I'll leave that out. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, but... And his kids, like his kids are going to have to deal with the repercussions of what their father did because it's not like it's a private family her, secret. Her, her, His kids are going to have to deal with being really, really super ridiculously rich. Yeah, but rich don't fix the inside. It's true. It's true. It makes it a lot more comfortable on the outside. But it don't I'm fix just saying that there's a lot of kids. So and hey, look, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying there's a lot of kids who went through the things they've went through. And they're and <laughs> filthy, filthy, filthy rich. rich. No, I agree. I'm just saying, all I'm saying is, Sarah Spain said she got conflicted on the 16th hole. And part of what her conflict was, was people saying, if you aren't crying or if you aren't loving this, then you don't have a soul. Basically saying people like requiring you to love the moment or requiring you to love Tiger's comeback. And I loved it. And I'll tell you, I'm a person who's dealt with infidelity. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm a person who dealt with infidelity. Um, Not on my end. And who still deals with it, to be honest with you. Um, And 
I still was rooting for Tiger, knowing full well all he did. And I started to think when I read Sarah Spain's article, because she said, if your buddy ruined his kid's life, his wife's life, his friend's lives, um, put them at danger, at risk, would you treat your buddy the same if he wasn't ridiculously good at golf? And do you know what my answer was? What? Yeah. If my buddy was sorry and changed and wasn't doing the same thing, no, here's the truth. But I, I do, I the, do forgive. One them. big no. thing you're bringing up that's hit me now is the separation between being a sports fan and what's the other word for it? between the human and the athlete. The human and the athlete. So as a sports Which you fan, brought up on in the article, that's what I say. As a sports fan, if you're a sports fan, there is nothing better. Because what I say is this: you talk about Serena being pregnant. You talk about. Who, who else Monica is your name? Salas, Mario Ma- Lemieux. Lemieux, cancer, uh, uh, Salas being, being stabbed. People are rooting for them to come back. In sports, mental strength is one of the most important things. So Tiger coming from a everybody being against him, being hate, hating him, rightfully so too. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. He deserved it. But the social media world that we live in where people pile on and pile on and does he have it? He's never going to win another one and he'll never be considered the greatest. All you know, fair points, but to mentally be able to overcome that and come back the way he did and to win again, once again, viewing it from a sports perspective, you grew up loving sports and, and, and sports is about a strong mental and your will being better. I remember Nike made a commercial. that said, my better is better than your better. And it's all about your will to win. When you see that there is no way you, I just feel like you couldn't, be overwhelmed by the moment. I just loved how scared everybody was of Tiger. It felt like old Tiger. It felt like old Tiger. And that and that is definitely the sports fan side of me. But I also hear what you're saying from the human side. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I also don't care at this moment. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, no, I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to hate. Because Sarah, like, Sarah Spain said the same thing. She, everything you're saying, Sarah Spain said, she had the human side and the athlete side. The athlete side, she's rooting for because she's a sports fan. And it is a comeback story. And the human side is what she brought up as a conflict saying she doesn't blame people who didn't get teary-eyed over Tiger Woods hugging his son. But perfect, I, no, no, perfect example is like you said. Why should I be, why should I have to suffer? Be, uh, for, uh, should I be able to take in your art? It's like R. Kelly. That's what I'm saying. Bill Cosby. They say, I should be able to take in your art without being penalized. So Tiger Woods winning. But but what she was complaining about are the people who are saying, you're not human if this is not touching your soul, which people kept saying over and over again. I, uh, now, Jeremy, there are people who say, well, that's, I think some that's people too are far. saying too, Tom, uh, um, Mike Tirico and some others said that, that, Jim Nance, I believe, said it was the greatest moment in the history of golf. Scott Van Pelt was talking about it on SportsCenter, and they didn't show his face. He was talking. I could t- tell he was almost uh, about to cry. You could hear it in his voice. Then they went to commercial. I just never because he was talking like about it. watching it the very first time because somehow he was privileged to be there the first time, first time ever yeah. covering when well, he won his he, first. That's what one. he always says when people ask when he him, won his first one. People always ask him how did you how do you how do you build your career? He says, "Well, you pick a sport that nobody else wants to do, and you get lucky to have the greatest player in the history of the world." Yeah. Show up the same time you did. Yeah. And so you could hear he was getting choked up talking about it. I, it's the greatest golf moment that I've ever experienced. But the other thing I have to say is how much does a person have to go through before they pay their dues? Yeah. No, that, the thing about the thing about the stuff that Tiger did is some of it, there's no fixing. There's no ever redeeming. You just can't fix it. And the other thing I say is though all these other people haven't been caught, 
if that was really the criteria, because like what I'm saying is he didn't break the law. If it was he purely, did break the law when he had a DUI with uh, all the drugs in his system that he had allotted. Oh, THC, excuse me, excuse me. You forgot about the DUI. Excuse me, but even adding that in, how do you root for anybody if, if that's the case? No, I agree, Jeremy. I agree. You can't root for any sports, a- sports I agree. athlete. The difference is Tiger Woods never said what Charles Barkley said, which is I am not a role model. Tiger Woods was like, I am a role model. I'm squeaky clean. Look at me. I'm Tiger Woods. And he got all millions of dollars in endorsements taken Hundreds away. Hundreds of mi- well, there you he, go. He got him taken away, but he made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Living a lie, essentially, is what is what will be said. Um, but I just wanted to bring that up for talk. I don't have any strong opinions about it. I just wanted to talk about it. We can wrap that up. We're done with Tiger. It's on to talk a little more basketball. Wrap me, boys! WVU Hoops, real quick update. West Virginia loses Beetle Bolden, which we knew. He was in the transfer portal. He had taken some official visits, um, and he lands in Alabama. He said there's no greater feeling. Which, what's he supposed to say? So that didn't hurt my feelings. Somebody asked me what I thought about it. And what Jared Varner said, what do we think about it? My response to it is, best wishes to Beetle Bolton. Once best wishes, time, yeah. He graduated from WVU. So this is not even just a straight transfer. He graduated from WVU. And he said the best he feeling. Was he healthy? Unbreakable. <laughs> 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 what you thought they called me? Missed the glass. Yes, Beetle. That's what we call you. No, no. And, and I love watching Beetle play. It's hard, you know. Yeah, heart, hustle. Gives you everything. Great teammate. I have nothing but the best for him. And in the meantime, we and, get, and, no, and he's and he's down there with Avery Johnson. No, he, no, he's not. Avery Johnson's not there. Canned. Oh, I forgot. Wow. They fired him. Actually, I didn't know how. How the world? They fired that. Avery Johnson because he I, deserved it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Sean McNeil, on the other hand, is a transfer. He's a JUCO transfer, averaged twenty nine point seven points per game. The dude is a stud. He's a real stud. He's a scorer. Three-point shooter. That's what we've been missing, what we've been lacking. Yep. Shooting, shooting. And that's what we needed. That's what we got. So we had another shooter to the arsenal. Um, Bigger than Bolden. Looks like we're going to have a really productive um, guard out of that guy, Sean McNeil. And we beat out Texas Tech. Texas Tech, Oregon, another big-time school. There's a lot of schools going after him. I watched a video on the kid, and the kid can shoot the rock. I'm not going to say he's... Super. I'm not saying he's super quick. I'm not saying he's super quick, but he's a quick twitch. He has a quick twitch, um, and he can get, he finds a way to make room to hit the three. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. 100%. Like he can get off. He has a quick release, and like any time. Here's the thing, dude. Averaged 29.7 points a game. He had 55 points in his fourth game there. He had over 10 games with 30 points. He had a couple 40 point point 40 game points. The dude can fill up the cup and if you could put score points like that on any level, I you got to feel like it'll translate in some way when he gets to Morgantown. Especially when you've got the monsters in the middle Oscar Sweetway, especially when you add Miles McBride, Jordan McCabe feeding him the rock. And Sweetway had a weekend too. But go ahead. Emmett Matthews, um when you got Derek Culver down there, all those things should make the game a little bit easier for him. But we'll wait and see cuz you never know. Right, move on. Real quick before we close the show out, because we are closing the show out, we want to give a big shout to the Charleston Sports Pub in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, which is basically Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston Sports Pub, the winner of the 2018 Best Sports Bar in the entire city. The Raspy Voice Kids will be in the building on Saturday, November the 16th, as we watch the Mountaineers, the new era of the Mountaineers, take on Kansas State. The Wildcats. So if you are anywhere near Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, if you are anywhere near Charleston, anywhere near the Charleston Sports Pub, you got to be there to see your boys and get there in between time in the meantime because it looks delicious. 
We can't wait to see y'all. Holla at your boys. Get right. Airtight. RBK all day, baby. Sports Social Podcast Network.